Welcome to Freeman on Real Estate, the podcast about the hard facts behind what's going on in real estate. Realtor Mike Freeman of Coldwell Banker, who holds an MBA in finance, draws from his financial background and deep network to bring the most value for anyone looking to buy, sell, rent, or invest. And hello, everyone. Welcome back to Freeman on Real Estate. This is David Yaz of the Boston Podcast Network. More importantly, alongside me, as usual, Realtor Mike Freeman. How are you, my friend? Doing fantastic, Dave. How are you? Not too bad. How's the holiday shopping going? Hasn't started. <laughs> so You could fake it. We're recording this uh, a little more than probably three weeks ahead of when it will post, but it's still going to post pre-Christmas. Are you more of a last-minute guy? Yeah, pretty much. Well, no, actually, I'm more of a rely on someone else kind of guy. <laughs> but this year, I got to get going. It's, I'm on my own this year. Me too. I, I just realized I got invited to a, a wedding that I couldn't make. It was in Texas. It was like 18 months ago, and I just realized I have not given a gift. Oh. So, so that was something that the missus used to take care of when I was married, and now not so much. So <laughs> note, to, note to self, Dave get on that. All right. But more importantly, last episode, we had a terrific guest. That guest has returned. If you could remind people, Mike, who we have with us as our featured star. Sure. So we have Sam Reef from the law offices of Samuel Reef. He is an outstanding real estate attorney. So introducing Sam Reef. Oh, yeah. Hold on. And you got into a lot of great substantive issues last episode. What are we going to talk about in this one, Mike? I turn it over to you. Yeah. So in this episode, we're going to talk about something that I think people aren't necessarily clear about the difference, similarities and differences between these two things. So this title search and title insurance. And I kind of tested it this morning. I didn't mention this to you yet, Sam. So I was talking to a good friend this morning and they were asking me, I said, I was going to do my podcast and I said, I'm going to have a real estate attorney. And we're going to talk about title search and title insurance. And I said, well, let me see if I know what that is. And they, they pretty much knew what title search was, but not so much title insurance and, and how the two related and how they were different. So could we start with just sort of like an overview for the average person who maybe hasn't done a real estate transaction in a long time? They're your client. How would you explain to them how those two are important and how they're different? Yes, thank you very much. And this is a great topic, a little more advanced than the, our first show but extremely important nonetheless. I'll start by title search. This is an extremely important factor in representing buyers, sellers, or uh, even a um, client for a refinance. The first job as their attorney is to order a title search. And what happens is if you have a buyer, you have to do a 50-year search of the ownership history of the property. If you have a, a borrower doing a refinance, then it's what's called a two-owner search rather than a 50-year history search. The significance of that is for a buyer, you want to search 50 years and bring it forward to make sure there are no outstanding lien issues or title issues with the property. And that will show on a title search. When you're doing a refinance, it's not as hard as a 50-year search, but it's a two-owner search because the borrower will still own the property afterwards. So you only have to go back to owners to search whether right. there are any title issues. So how often do you find when you're doing, well, actually, let me ask you this first. When in the process you typically do a title search when it's a purchase? When it's a purchase, I typically wait until there's a signed purchase and sale agreement. 
And as soon as I received that signed agreement on my desk, I immediately ordered the title search. Okay. And then how often would you say, because I don't see it that often. You must see it more often than I do in your role. How often do you find issues and what do you find to be the most common kinds of issues? Really bad title issues. You don't find that often. Um, but you do find many, many times common these days is what they call missing assignments or missing discharges. And what that means is you bought the property, you got a mortgage from XYZ Bank, then XYZ Bank sells it to another bank, and they don't record what's called an assignment where the, where the Registry of Deeds is acknowledging the change in banks. That can be a nightmare title issue because when you go to pay off the bank, it's an ineffective discharge if the wrong bank is on record. Right. And how often do you do you find something like that to be the situation? I would these days with COVID and a lot of people recording electronically, I would probably say thirty percent of titles come up with ineffective assignments or discharges. And so when you're the seller's attorney, you're not doing the title search. It's the purchaser's attorney, right? So how often are you in a situation and, and what happens if, if you're in that situation and the other attorney calls you and says, hey, Sam, when your client owned this property, did you know that there was an issue with, and, and I had this once, where the neighbor owned part of the land and so your client doesn't have the legal right to sell this property to my client. Like, do you, you must see that. Yes. Uh, if I see it, you see it. <laughs> that does happen, and that's a survey issue, which is also a, a title problem, and that's a little harder to solve than what we spoke about with ineffective assignments or discharges, but that does come about not as often, but it does happen. So when you have a seller, is it – can you do – I mean, obviously, title search costs money. You're not going to do a full title search when you have the seller, but is there something that you can do maybe at the beginning to – give your seller a heads up because they're probably not going to be aware of a problem either. Is there something that you can do at the beginning or is it more a case of you want to wait until the transaction gets to the point where it's going to happen and then there's a full title search? Sure. Just to explain to the general public as being in the business, it's the buyer's responsibility right. to order titles. So oftentimes the sellers are caught by surprise, as right. you just mentioned. So in order to guard against that, if you have a seller that's willing to spend and it costs roughly $250 to order a title search. If you have a seller that's willing to spend that money, then you, as the seller's attorney, can order that title search ahead of time and certainly be aware of any uh, issues that may arise. Right. And I think that's probably a best practice. And there's certain things that I know that I'll recommend to people that they do up front. And, and I'll be honest, that isn't something that I have recommended or at least thrown out to people that this is something you might want to do. I've talked to them about how you might want to do your own inspection. That way, if something is going to come up in an inspection, you can preempt it. You can take care of it or at least be prepared. But as I, as I think through this, as I'm, just as we're having this conversation, I think it makes a lot of sense to bring this up to my clients and say that, you may want to consider spending. At least think about it. At least it's an option. You may want to consider spending the $250 because you never know when there's going to be an issue. Yeah, it's an excellent point. And if sellers were willing to spend, it's not a lot of money given the fact that most purchases are for a lot more money than $250. Yes. So it makes 
financial sense to spend $250 to know if there might be a problem. Right. Okay, so let's shift gears and talk about title insurance. So when would you start when when would you start to have a conversation with a client about title insurance and how does that all work? Yeah, so title insurance is an excellent topic. Typically, you don't have a conversation with the client until you get your title search done. Right. And that title search is going to show what's happened with the property. So two points on that in speaking to your clients about title insurance. Number one, if there is a problem that has shown up on title search, then you uh, show that problem to the client and explain to them the importance of title insurance because title insurance will protect the buyer for the lifetime that they own the property for issues exactly like that. But the second point is just because something doesn't show up on your title search doesn't mean there won't be a title problem in the future. Right. And that's exactly why I always recommend title insurance because title insurance protects the buyer, as I said, for almost any scenario. And where it will be helpful to protect the buyer is if there is an error in your title that doesn't make it to the registry of deeds. And for example, I'll explain by saying, let's say something was misindexed by the registry, meaning the registry, when they record documents, they have to index it or attach it to that property. If they do that wrong, it's not going to show up on your title search, but eventually it's going to be found, and that's going to be a title problem. So here's a problem that you're not going to know existed until years later, and the title insurance is going to protect the buyer from that. And, and that's really the key, and that's what I was, I was explaining to a friend that I was talking to this morning because she was less clear about title insurance versus a title search. And I said, it's, think of it like, auto insurance you know you have it for a reason that it's your it's someone else's responsibility it's a title insurance company it's the title insurance company's responsibility at that point you've paid them for the service it's sort of like very simply you get in an auto accident you have auto insurance because they're going to pay your claim and it's sort of it's really the same thing that's what an insurance product is about so how often do you find that you're talking to a client and they say yeah i don't need i, I don't need title insurance forget that i'll save it's, you know, what, what does the average policy cost these days? The average policy is anywhere from 1000 to $2,500. So I come along, I'm like, you know what, Sam, I spent enough money on this house. I know it's not a huge percentage, but another 2500 or $2,000, like, I'm done. I don't want to spend this. This isn't going to come up. What do you say to that person? I try to explain it's hard because if once you've made that determination, you're pretty pigheaded in your decision. But I try to explain the old adage, you're being penny wise and pound foolish. Right. Because if it's 2500 that means you're spending quite a bit of money, probably around $500,000 for your property. So you have no problem spending $500,000 right. to buy a home, but you have a problem spending $2,000 to insure that home. Right. And to me, that doesn't make sense. I agree. And it's sort of like, are you going to not get property insurance? Property insurance, it's it's sort of the same thing, right? You're going to take a chance at like, you're not going to have a fire ever. So I, I have yet to see a situation where somebody did not get title insurance. But I wonder, have you had that situation where the person really pushed back and said, I'm not getting it? Yes, I've had it twice. Very recently, I had a client by a multi-million dollar property in the Cape. And here's what I explained to him, and not many people realize most properties, and, and it dates back probably hundreds of years, but in the Cape, 
most properties originated from tribal lands, and that could generate a huge title insurance mm. problems. And it's not going to show up on your title search, but it could generate a problem in the future. And I tried explaining that to this individual, and he still refused. So he ended up not getting it. He ended up not getting it. Clearly, this person was not my client. <laughs> <laughs> he was not. And, wow. the, and the second example, the client declined title insurance. And about five years later, he called me up, and he was being sued, saying he's not the rightful owner of the property because there, it came out of an estate. And I explained to him at the time, when you're dealing with an estate, there's a lot of potential problems. Oh, yeah. He, de- he declined coverage, even though I explained it to him. Now, five years later, he's coming to me to defend title because one of the heirs of the estate wasn't properly noticed, and they're claiming that they're the rightful owner and not this guy. He's going to end up spending probably $25,000 to defend that title, whereas if he had title insurance for 2000 the title insurance company would have covered the defense. How in the world do you stop yourself from saying, I told you so? <laughs> Very hard to do. I, I don't know. I, I don't think I could do that. I'm, I'm joking, but... You're certainly thinking that to yourself. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's frustrating. I have yet to see somebody. There, there are a lot of things in real estate that I say I have yet to see. And then eventually you see them. And I just hope I don't come across that. But but it, it also, you probably also think to yourself that you want to say to yourself, you want to say to them, I'm sorry, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> I don't recall that transaction. <laughs> so anyway, so yeah, so that, that, that I think is going to help people understand why why and when you do a title search and title why when and why they're important and how they're different and when you get involved in the process and and why why people really should why they're both very important but very different yeah and one thing i'll add to that is it's very important whatever attorney you choose to make sure they discuss the results of the title search with you because i have a client now that came to me after hiring another attorney they backed out of a deal because of a title search problem and the sellers kept their money. So they're fighting mm-hmm. to get their money back. But their initial attorney never advised them what the title problem was and how it could be fixed and they could have avoided this whole situation. Oh boy. Oh and, and one other thought that just came to me and I'll make this the last part of our title discussion. There's always a paragraph or two in a purchase and sale agreement about title and typically there's a time period that if a title issue comes up, that the seller has X amount of time to resolve it and X amount of... Talk about that for a second. It's like you were reading my mind because that's exactly <laughs> what happened in this last situation. I said okay. the, there was a title problem. There's an automatic provision in a purchase and sale contract which gives the sellers an additional 30 days to cure the title unless it goes against the mortgage commitment. And if the mortgage commitment can't go out 30 days, then it's a lesser period of time. But anyways, there's an automatic extension of 30 days. And in this scenario where I was talking about the client, the lawyer never advised them of the problem. The sellers exercised their 30-day right and cured the title within those 30 days. So that's why they were trying to keep the buyer's money because the Mm. buyers wouldn't perform after the seller's corrected title. That sounds like a real mess. I had a situation once where the problem was that the seller didn't own a part of her property. It was an estate sale, like you referenced earlier. That's where you can have problems. The woman never lived in the house. It was her mother's house, and the mother passed away, so now she she was selling it, and she was the executor of the estate. And 
we had a, we had an agreed upon deal. We had a we had an offer to purchase that was signed, and then the attorney for the buyer did the title search, and then told our attorney, so your client actually doesn't have the right to sell all the property. There's a little piece of the property that your neighbor owns. Did you know that? No. So it kept getting delayed and delayed and delayed, and both sides kept signing extensions, and ultimately it couldn't get resolved, and the deal fell apart. Yeah. That, as I said earlier, survey title issues are, are very complicated yeah. and usually end up bad. This one ended up bad. <laughs> so anyway, so, so Dave, there's everything you need to know about title. And now I feel like I'm a title titan. I'm I'm totally titillated by the title talk. <laughs> You're entitled to title. I'm entitled. I feel entitled now. <laughs> but listener is entitled to a little bit more entertainment in this particular podcast because we are now up to the segment where we learn more about Mike, and we will learn more about Sam as well. So let's do it. More about Mike. More about Mike. More about, about Mike. Mike. It's the part of the program where we lob a random question at our panel. Today's question, when you're having a bad day, what do you do to make yourself feel better? And let's keep it clean, guys. All right. But when you're having a bad day, what kind of things do you enjoy to make yourself feel better? Sam went first last time, Mike. Do you want to allow him the honor again or what? I will give him the option of going first. But if he wants to log right. it back to me, I'm happy to do that. All right. What Ca- do you think? Captain what, Reef, would, would you, you like the ball or would you like to defer? Ball's in my court. I never defer. Oh, good. Okay. Well, you're having a bad day. What do you, what do, you do to make yourself feel better? If I'm having a really bad day, usually I find myself running home early, throwing on the TV, watching whatever sports is on, and pouring myself a nice big glass of scotch. Nice. What's your brand of choice? Oh, my best scotch is Macallan. Nice. Can't go wrong. Rocks or neat? If I'm drinking Macallan, then it's neat. But sometimes and usually on a really bad day, I'll take the Johnny Black and that will be on the rocks. Oh, that's the, yeah, that, 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 that stuff will put hair on your chest. <laughs> Excellent answer. Mike, same question to you. Well, first I want to comment on the scotch because it's a very Please important do. topic. Yeah. So when we we talked before about how I was Sam's realtor on, on his transaction. So when I when I came to a point where I wanted to get Sam a gift, what do you think I got him? Got a bottle of McCollum. Can't go wrong. And while, and while we're commenting on that, that bottle is sitting at my oh. bar downstairs waiting for Mike to come over to my house. And Dave, you're invited if you oh, want. Oh, wow. But it's still waiting about two years for him to come over and drink it. I'm just a bad person. <laughs> <laughs> and Mike, same question to you. Bad day. What do you do to cheer yourself up or relax or whatever it is? Well, clearly, the first thing I have to do is get over to Sam's house <laughs> and, and have <laughs> some too. of the scotch. I mean, yeah, we all need to do that. Um, but, you know, I guess the, the answer to this question is, and, and we talked a few episodes ago about who the funniest person is that I know. So mm. um, what I do if I'm having a bad day or a bad hour, you know, I'll just give Joe a call. <laughs> and I know that if I give Joe a call, he'll make me laugh about something that we really can't say on air. Mm. Um, and, you know, that's usually he cheers me up and I end up like spitting my coffee up all over the floor because so, he'll make me laugh. This is now the, an infamous figure in this podcast, your buddy. Joe, who is uh, quick with a joke and a light of your smoke, you might say. <laughs> and um, we were just talking about him before we started recording. I want this man on the podcast. So that's, yeah, that's what I was thinking as I started to tell that uh, little tidbit. So we're going to do that. Joe right. is one of my best friends from college. He does not live in Boston. He lives in Milwaukee. But we're going to get him on here. 
that'd be fantastic. I think everyone should have a friend like that. I, my friend is uh, my buddy OC, um, which is an old nickname short for out of control. But he lives in Virginia Beach. But whenever I need cheering up, he he he's just it's the timing. It's it's it, he's a he's a cut up and. Um, and also, I mean, what what a good way to make use of your day, to stay in touch with an old buddy. Let's get him on the show. That's, <laughs> we get OC and Joe. They'll be, they'll be dueling jokesters, dueling we, jesters. You, you and I don't even have to be on it. That's right. We'll take the day off. <laughs> well, excellent answers both. And Sam, terrific job again on the pod today. If you could please let our listeners know where they can get in touch with you or learn more about what you do. Thank you very much. It's Law Office of Samuel P. Reef. My office is located in Sharon Center, and you can reach me at 781-784-7777. Very good. And, Mike, another terrific show. Honor is mine just to be here. Could you let our listeners know where they learn even more about Mike and how to get in touch with you. Absolutely. Well, first, I want to thank Sam for being my guest in these two episodes. You did a great job, Sam, and it was really just outstanding to have you here. And I think you really did a great job of educating the audience. So thank you for that. Thank you. My pleasure. Best way to get in touch with me, you can call me at 617-759-1513. You can send me an email, mike.freeman at anymoves.com. And also feel free to check out my website, mikefreemanhomes.com. Nice job as usual, Mike. Terrific job. If you, you like this podcast, we know you do, listeners. Please follow us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your pods. And we thank you for listening to Freeman on Real Estate. <laughs>